Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Echo Park, a new beginning, let's go. Started back rocking the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Baby says she wanna go to the game. Taught her how to say Padre Gang. Started back rocking the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Mitchell and Ness with the old school name. All of the homies holler Padre Gang. Yeah, that. And good day, everybody. Welcome on in. The Padres just swept the Cincinnati Reds. Ben Fadden, your host here, episode 152 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Thank you, everyone, for joining on in here, listening to the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, watching live, watching on replay on YouTube. Hopefully, you can hit that subscribe button for me. Uh, hit the like button. Turn on the notification button uh, for this channel so you don't miss any Padres content. Padres sweep the Reds. They just finished it off today. Game three, final game of this series. They win it 6-0. Absolute shutout of the Cincinnati Reds. Fam, act tough. Turned into Barry Bonds for a little bit. And then shut him down at the end there. Struck him out, I think, two times today. Uh, so it was good to, you know, send him on home. Send him on back home to Cincinnati before the Padres end up playing them in Cincinnati in Great American Small Park uh, next week after they host the Dodgers for three games. Yeah, Yusef, been away for the last few days. Did I miss anything? Yeah, yes, you did. Uh, Padres wins. Uh, they split that Brave series. It wasn't looking great. They weren't really scoring a whole lot of runs. I don't want to get my t- myself too fired up, even though I probably am right now, and I will be for this episode. Uh just because it's great for a sweep, regardless of who you're playing. I do still want to, you know, tame my emotions because I know that they did just split a series and weren't really able to score runs against an actual contender. And this is the worst team in the National League. And they're going to play the front runner for the World Series title this year, this weekend. So if they sweep the Dodgers this weekend, then I'm going to be going nuts, right? Uh, but you know, beating the Reds, hey, that's that's a good good start. That is sweeping the Reds. I came in into this series saying they need to win the series, and I think they should sweep the series, and they end up sweeping. Uh, so we got a lot to talk about today. Uh, as always, I'm going to talk about all three games, every game of the series. I'll have plenty angles, uh, different things that surrounded that whole Tommy Pham thing that happened yesterday uh, with him, you know, threatening Luke Voigt and, you know, offering to fight him and being willing to fight him after Luke Voigt had a perfectly legal slide into home plate and the catcher was the one that led to himself getting concussed. We'll get to all of that. Uh, welcome on in, everyone. Johnny Cage, uh, Gil, MVP Rofar, you got that right. Yes, sir. Home run today, stolen base throughout Joey Votto. Joey Votto's slow as heck, by the way. Holy cow. Do Zertries, what's up? Hey, Ben, enjoy these wins. We were losing these games last year. Exactly. That's why I'm going to enjoy them. You know, if the Padres want to get where they want to be, they got to win these games, you know? Uh, Axel G7, what's up? Voight wasn't dirty. We'll get to that. Uh, I know that Johnny Cage thinks it was. I'd love for him to weigh in on why. Um, But, yeah, we'll get into it. We can start off uh, with Monday's game. Padres ended up winning this one 4-1. to Right now, they enter the uh, Dodger series at nine and five, a nine and five record. So that's great to see. 
but they went on Monday four to one. This was a great start by Sean Manaya. This started the Tommy Pham, uh, Barry Bonds series, if you will. I mean, my goodness, it felt like you know going into the series, you know, you're facing. I was more on the side of Pham's not going to go off, but then I realized, hey, look, former Padres smash against four when they face the Padres when they go back and face the Padres. So it's kind of it just feels it felt like it was going to happen, but for some reason I didn't really think it was going to happen going into the series, but it ended up happening as he ended up finishing the series uh, five for 13, two home runs, drove in two runs. The rest of the Reds were nine for 84, and they only drove in one run combined. So Pham outplayed the rest of his team. Uh, but pregame on Monday, Austin Adams was, uh, it was announced by Bob Melvin that he was going to be out for at least six weeks receiving a PPR injection. Um, so that wasn't great news. I wrote about it on gaslightball.com. That wasn't great. Austin Adams, I know he hit like every battery face last year, but going into this year, I had some high expectations for him. I thought that he was going to, you know, not hit the world like he did last year. And when he's not hitting people, he's, stri- he's striking out people, right? So I-, I was predicting a pretty good year out of him, but you know, when someone receives a PPR injection, sometimes it goes well, but sometimes it doesn't. You know, we have past history, past pretty recent history of Denelson Lamette opting for not to not have surgery after 2020, after he ended his, after he ended his uh, season in San Francisco, he was pulled off the mound. Um, he ended up not having surgery. Then he comes back 2021. He's not ready for the start of the season. Comes back uh, a little after the season started. And then he has to walk off the mound because he's hurt again. Um, so so my, my point is the PPR injection, maybe uh, Adams just doesn't want the, a surgery, you know, with the forearm tightness. And maybe he should actually have the surgery. You know, it's kind of like a wait and see, but it's kind of like you, you can't uh, expect him to be a big producer uh, for the Padres this season. And that's unfortunate to say, but – that's just the way it is when he's going to be out for at least six weeks. Um, what does that take us to? It's April 20th right now, 27th, uh, the 4th, uh, the 11th. That takes us till May 25th, end of May. Um, and then, okay, what happens then? Then he goes on a rehab assignment and has to go two, three weeks. Is that an ideal scenario? Then he's out till the middle of June. Uh, okay, and then is he going to be effective then? I, I don't really believe in the PPR injection. I mean, if it happens, it happens. That's good, but I'm not too much of a believer. But the good thing is, at least this series, we we really definitely had some positive developments in the bullpen, right? We saw Robert Suarez pitch well yesterday with two innings. We saw Lamette pitch today. Uh, Pierce Johnson, Stephen Wilson, Taylor Rogers, they've all pitched really well. Michelle Baez. Uh, should come back sometime during the season. Hopefully Pomerantz comes back healthy at some point as well. You have Chris Matt, obviously, as, an, as a good option. Tim Hill has started off this season good. So the good news is while Austin Adams is going to be out for a pretty long period of time here, it seems like other guys are stepping up. Luis Garcia had a pretty good series as well. Um, so it looks like guys are stepping up. So that's the good news. That's if you want to take it a positive optimistic view that's the way that i would take it um alex morgan abby Dahlkemper uh threw out the first pitch that was fun to see i was i wish i was there i was saying in the i think the pregame show on tuesday after this game obviously i wish i was there uh, would have tried to definitely you know get a picture or autograph or something uh because i'm a big i'm not a big soccer fan but i'm a big i like watching the wave because i think they're entertaining they have enter- entertaining soccer and I obviously, and the U.S. women's team was like one of the only soccer teams that I watched because they they're fun, you know. Um, so that would have been cool. But moving to, f- to what happened on Monday, four to one again, Padres won. They improved to seven and five. So that was their third straight win. Uh, so Tommy, this started the Fam Machado thing, right? Back to back nights. Fam homered in the first inning, first at back back at Petco. So that really sucked. That gave the Reds one nothing of a lead. But the good thing was that the, that the game definitely was far from over there. That was the last run the Reds would score. 
uh, as Manny came back after a Nola single, and he had a two-run home, two home run to left, absolute bullet, two-to-one San Diego after one. Manaya got out of a, a bases-loaded jam in the second. He also um, got an inning-ending uh, pop-out to shortstop in the fifth, so he got himself out of jams. Kim had an RBI single with two outs up the middle. Fam um, did have a double the left center gap, but Manaya also got out of that one. So three innings where he got out of jams there. Manaya finished with a, a line of six innings, gave up only one run, two walks, six hits, that one home run to Fam. Struck out six guys, 78 pitches. So I really liked what I've seen out of Manaya pretty much this entire year. What I love out of him, he throws strikes, hits his spots, works fast. That's all we can ask for as Padre fans, right? Give us quality starts every time out, and I'm going to be a happy camper. And I think Padre fans that are watching or listening to this will be happy campers as well. You know, in the bottom of the seventh, Voight had a sack fly to right. Manny scored 4-1 to Padres. That ended up being the final. Steven Wilson, Pierce Johnson, Taylor Rogers. That seems like the big uh, three in that bullpen that Bob Melvin's comfortable with and going to continue to go with right now. They ended up going three innings, shutout ball, no hits, no walks, three strikeouts. Fam, after Fam went three for four in this night, uh, Ben and Woods on 97.3, the fan that morning, they had that over-under of three and a half hits. And Woodsy thought over because he was just a pessimistic Padre fan. I was more on uh, Ben Higgins' side of under three and a half uh, just because he was going to face Manaya, Musgrove, and Gore. That felt like a good matchup for the Padres. That Fam And Fam had one hit going into this series. One. He ended up going, he ended up getting five hits this series. So talk about upping your batting average and uh, getting, I guess, some more confidence. And he hit his first two home runs of the season, obviously this series. So it didn't feel like going in that he was going to go off like this. But when I look back at the stats, I mean, former Padres, they have a success of hitting well against Padre pitching when they come back and play the Padres. I looked this up, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine players, not including Fam. You can add Fam to that now. Five for thirteen with two home runs against the Padres uh, after leaving. Um, but Ozzie Smith against the Padres in his career hit two seventy three, stole thirty bases. Roberto Alomar hit two ninety against the Padres. Adrian Gonzalez had a nine twenty OPS, hit almost twenty home runs, nineteen home runs, and hit three seventeen against the Padres in his career. Nick Hundley who was known as more of an Austin Hedges defensive first catcher. He hit 303 against the Padres. Cameron Mabin, a defensive first outfielder, right? He hit 290 against the Padres in his career. Yonder Alonso hit 300 with a 1,400 OPS against the Padres. Logan Forsyth, Logan freaking Forsyth, 323 against the Padres in his career. Jed Jerko, Jed Jerko. 385, nine home runs against the Padres. How about Alexi Amarista, my, one of my favorite Padres growing up as a little little kid. Um, I mean, I, I still am growing up, but as a little kid, Alexi Amarista, uh, middle infielder, small, number five, obviously. Um, he hit, He's hit 316 against the Padres in his career. So that's a long line of names that I was just looking. That took me, uh, you know, half hour to an hour just looking up at, you know, their stats against the Padres. And it's like, okay, yeah, no dough should have took the over to that three and a half, you know, um, that, that uh, Ben Higgins set on Ben and Woods. I mean, so it, it wasn't really surprising that fam went off, but at the same time, it just felt like the Padres had a, you know, they had the favorable matchup pitching wise, but that ended up not really being the case. Uh, the good news was, is they ended up striking him out twice today. Uh, in the series finale and swept them home, go back on the bus to the airport, go back to Cincinnati, Tommy. Um, but yeah, uh, so the Padres ended up winning four to one on Monday. Let's talk about Tuesday's game. Obviously this was where the headlines, you know, Tommy Pham, Luke Voigt, Luke Voigt with the slide and all that. And we're going to get into that. Um, Padres won this game six to two. Again, deja vu, back-to-back -back nights, Tommy Pham, Hit a home run in the first inning. This one was crushed. Second deck gave it, the Reds a 1-0 lead. But then, Nola single. Manny comes back, bottom of the first. Gives the Padres the lead that they would not relinquish. 2-1 to one Padres. Uh, Haas had an RBI single to right. Made it 3-1. to one. 
in the bottom of the fourth. Will Myers had an RBI double that almost hit a, it was almost a home run, went right off the right center field wall. That made it four to one. Uh, even Jose Azokar, Azokar, RBI double down the left field line, five to one Padres. Um, so what was good about this game was it wasn't just Manny, you know, it was a lot of different contributions from Hosmer, from Myers, from Azokar, you know, from Kim. Uh, there, there was, you know, there was a lot of contributions. And then Joe Musgrove, another quality start, three straight quality starts to start off his Padre 2022 campaign. He goes six and a third innings, two earned runs, four hits, only walks one guy, strikes out seven, gives up only that one home run to Tommy, 94 pitches. San Diego starters, eight of the 13 first or eight of their first 13 games, they went six plus innings. Uh, Gore ended up going five innings, but this was the stat through the first 13 games. Eight of the Padres' thir- first 13 games, the Padres starters have gone six, at least six innings, six plus innings. So that's all you could ask for if you're a Padre fan. And that even includes Nabil Chrismat having to spot start Blake Snell and when he went, and he went three shutout innings that Sunday game to open up. Uh, that was opening weekend in Arizona. So. You know, you exclude that Darvish bad start, right? The Padres starter ERA is under two, you know, to start off the season. So you got to really love what you're seeing out of this Padres starting rotation and out of this bullpen, to be honest, uh, to start off this year. Clevenger, good news. I wanted to touch on him as well. He threw on Tuesday in his probably his final rehab assignment in El Paso. Three innings, three hits, one home run, one walk, struck out five. So I don't know if the Padres are looking too much in, into the results. I don't think they are. I think Bob Melvin and the coaching staff, the trainers, they're just looking for health. The front office, they're just looking for health, making sure his mechanics are fine. They're not really looking at how many runs he gave up in AAA. Uh, I think they're just looking at, okay, did he come out healthy? Is he feeling good? How's the knee? Uh, so I think that's what they're doing, and I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up starting the next time through the rotation for him, which – I think it is Monday because there's an off day and Martinez is good. They're not skipping Martinez. So he's going to start Friday, the series opener against Julio Arias and the Dodgers. Uh, and then I believe it's Darvish on Saturday, Manaya on um, Sunday against Clayton Kershaw. So Manaya Kershaw, by the way, that's going to be a really, really cool matchup to watch. Um, Musgrove, again, kind of touching on his six and a third inning start there. Retired 14 in a row at one point. I wrote a piece on Gaslamp Ball um, about just Joe Musgrove and his extension. He is happy. Uh, he keeps pitching well. That money keeps continuing going up. You know, uh, Kyle Freeland of the Rockies got six, over $60 million after having back-to-back years of a four-plus ERA. And Joe Musgrove, he's around the same age, according to fan graphs and based on the numbers and his war, Last year, he was worth double, more than double the salary that Freeland was. So he's going to get paid. He's definitely going to use that salary, that contract extension that Freeland got against the Padres in any type of uh, conversations. And by the way, he did go on, and we can touch on that now before uh, getting to the third game. And then I will obviously touch on Tommy Pham. I want to spend a lot of time on that. Uh, but on the extension, he did go on Ben and Woods earlier this morning and talk uh, to Ben and Woods about the uh, contract talks with the Padres. And um, so I'll play that audio for you. Just find it here real quick. Here it is. All right. So here's the audio. This was this morning. And pretty much the gist of it is that Musgrove, the Padres have been talking. The Padres have made it known that they want to keep Joe Musgrove, uh, but the sides just ha- haven't really gotten to match the amount of money that both sides want. And so they're tabling the discussions for now. But this is what Musgrove told Ben and Woods this morning on 97.3 The Fan. It's kind of impacting things. Have you have you gotten any sense, though, at least from you know the front office, Peter Seidler, anyone, that they, they definitely want to bring you back and would like to make that happen long term here? Yeah, I mean, they've made it. They've made it very clear that um, you know they think very highly of me, and that they would love for me to stay in San Diego. Um, you know, like you said, the lockout really kind of put a halt to that stuff in the off season, where I think we could have had a chance to get something done. 
Um, but as we're into the season now, you know, we've been we've been negotiating and talking back and forth for the last week or two. Um, I feel like with where we're at, we're just not not exactly, you know, to a deal that feels fair for both sides and, um, you know, something that both sides would be comfortable with. So for now, I think we're going to kind of table it. And, um, you know, I'm just going to focus on continuing to throw the ball well and um, just continuing to do my, my job. And then maybe down the line, things will open back up again. Uh, but it's something that I don't really want to have hanging over my head all season and it's not something i want to be discussing non-stop um yeah you know, i don't want that to be the main focus in the, in the you know the only thoughts going through my head i'm i don't want to get too far ahead of myself i gotta you know have a strong year here and you know help us get into the postseason so that's kind of where my focus is at and i think it helps me a lot to be able to you know table that stuff for now and worry about it at a later time well we've- so that's that's joe musgrove so you, you heard it from the man himself so uh they're tabling the discussions for now. I don't take that too much as discouraging as a Padre fan. Uh, I think that the Padres, obviously, they have made it known that they want Musgrove. They want to keep Musgrove. They're willing to pay him, it seems like. Um, but if I were Joe Musgrove, I would ask for the moon because you're pitching really, really well, and you deserve the money. You see what Kyle Freeland just got. And you're like, are you kidding? I'm way better than this guy. Do you see the numbers I'm putting up? Look at the numbers he's putting up compared to me. You know, so I'm totally with Joe Musgrove um, tabling the discussions. And I think it's a possibility that they pick up those discussions uh, at the all-star break, maybe, right? They have all season to do it. I just think that, to be honest, my gut reaction is that they don't come to an agreement during the season because if he's going to get paid. And so that number is going to turn into an AAV that goes against this year's luxury tax, an average annual value number to his contract, the new contract that he has that will go against this year's Padres payroll. And we already know that the Padres are pretty close to that luxury tax. Preller barely got under with that Taylor Rogers deal on opening day. So for me, gut wise, I don't think that they're going to get a deal. I think they might have a deal in place during the season, but they're not going to actually agree and sign the papers and really put into effect because Musgrove knows that the Padres want to stay under that luxury tax and he's a team player. And so he's going to say, you know what, you guys are paying me, but guess what? I'll be, I want to win whatever helps the team win this year. I'm going to do it. So if that means that staying under the luxury tax so we can go spend next year, I'm all for it. Um, So I think they might, they might get an agreement. We might not know about it, but they might have an agreement during the season, but just not sign it so that the luxury tax, you know, doesn't come to, doesn't increase and they don't end up going over it for a guy that's already on the roster. So hopefully that makes sense, but that's the latest on the Joe Musgrove talks. Again, I, I wouldn't be too discouraged about the Padres tabling him and Musgrove, the two sides tabling these talks. I just think that Musgrove rightfully so is asking for the world. And I think he should based on the way he's pitching, based on Kyle Freeland's contract. And I think the Padres don't want to come to an agreement because they don't want to cut, they don't want to exceed that luxury tax. They want Joe Musgrove here. Musgrove even said it this morning on the radio in that uh, sound that I played. He wants to be here. The Padres have let it known that they want to keep Musgrove here in San Diego. So I'm definitely fine with them tabling it. And that's the Musgrove talks. Um, but Getting back to his start Tuesday, great job out of him. The Padres win 6-2. to two. Manny hits a home run for the second consecutive day. Um, and then in the series finale, Padres today shut out the Reds 6-0. to nothing. Tommy Pham, bye-bye. Go back home. Sweep you later. Uh, top of the first, Pham had a single to right. No damage, though. Didn't score a run. That was his third straight game with a hit in his first at-bat. Uh, in the fourth, Colin Moran had a base hit to left field. This is where the Jerks and Profar show started. Base hit to left field for Colin Moran, the former Pirate. Musgrove ends up gunning him at the plate. Joey Votto is so slow. Holy cow. Uh, gunning him at the plate. Perfect tag by Alfaro. Gets the ball. Doesn't block it before he has the ball. Catches the ball and blocks the plate. Boom. Just like a tag should be done. Uh, and we'll get to the other tag that happened the night before that happened last night uh, after this game, little reaction recap here. Um, and then in the bottom of that inning, what an inning from Profar hits a two run bomb to right field, his fourth home run of the year. 
It took Profar 137 games to get to four home runs last year. He's already at that number. He's already at four home runs this year. And guess what? It's 13 games into the season. So good job out of Jerkson. Uh, talk about really increasing his pace and setting a tone this year for power. Uh, and I mean, continue to prove me wrong. Continue to prove all these Padres fans wrong. Please. I don't care. We're winning. You know, Padres are winning. He's helping the team win. He's probably what? I mean, you can make a case for Taylor Rogers or Manaya, but they only pitch every, you know, every few days, Manaya every fifth day. After Machado, Profar is the MVP for me this year so far. You know, this month, obviously, since it's April, April 20th. Season started April 7th. So we're just starting the season, but he's the season MVP for me so far right now if you don't have Manny in it. And Manny, guess what? That's not a bad guy to be behind in the MVP because guess what? He should have the NL MVP right now. And I know it's early, whatever, but guess what? Manny is really living up to this MVP. Um, I believe in my preseason predictions as well. It might be a little biased, but I also saw the circumstances. Tatis being out, you know, that would really shine the light on Manny. I had Manny, I think, winning the National League MVP this year. Um, definitely top three. Uh, so that's how I view that. Uh, but as for Wednesday's game, just continuing with it, Manny did get hit before that profile home run uh, up and in in the shoulder with a fastball. You kind of wondered after that whole Tommy Pham thing yesterday if the Reds were, in fact, going to throw at someone, and they ended up doing it. Uh, I didn't like that it was up and in. Uh, if you're going to throw at someone, have it you know be below the waist, not up and in uh, at almost their face. Um, Manny was classy about it. He didn't do anything really. He had a conversation, I think, with Joey Joey Votto at first base, but he didn't do anything. Just walked the first, and he said thank you very much as he was probably rounding the bases because he was just an extra run uh, for the Padres after Profar hit that home run today, and they end up not winning five, nothing. They end up winning six, nothing. Um, so Manny's probably fine with that. Coriel Faro. I also didn't like that as well. Maybe that one got away from him, but I don't believe that the Manny one got away from Vladimir Gutierrez. I think that was on purpose. It was a fastball right at his shoulder. Like how does that get away? Um, you're in the major leagues, but Alfaro was hit in the bottom of the fifth on the hand. Uh, I didn't like that either. Again, that one was up and in as well. So two Padres hit. Uh, the Padres did not do anything. They did not hit um, any reds. So Gore did his job. Five shutout innings. I was talking about it on the pregame show today. You know, by the way, which I do pregame shows before every single Padres game on this YouTube channel. So I hope you subscribe. I have Padres content coming out every single day, even including tomorrow when there's off days. But getting back to my pregame show. I was saying that I don't think that the Padres should do anything. They shouldn't beam guys. They shouldn't beam Tommy Pham uh, because I think that it's just better to just get the sweep, you know, do the talking, uh, you know, do the talking with your actions. Don't do it with throwing a ball at someone. Do it with the scoreboard, you know, go win the game, send them home, send them with some broomsticks going home, you know, um, and they can have get swept out of town. And that's exactly what happened. So Mackenzie Gore today, he wasn't on the whole time. I mean, his fastball was good again. The fastball up, my goodness, what a weapon that is. And then just imagine when he tones, you know, he gets that, uh, you know, slider and breaking ball really toned in. You know, he really gets that going and hitting his spots and making that really effective, right? The fastball up 95 miles an hour right at the top of the zone. No one was hitting it. They kept fishing at it. And he kept throwing it there. And so he ends up with seven strikeouts, five inning shutout, uh, four hits, two walks, ends up getting his first big league win in his career. Uh, and then he got even more run support, handed it off to the bullpen as well. Grisham had an RBI double down the right field line in his first start of the series after Azokar did uh, started in center of the first two games. That made it 3 nothing. Hassan Kim had his first home run in a Padre uniform this season to dead center field. That ball was crushed. CJ Abrams had an RBI double. It was a single that he stretched into a double. My goodness, is he fast? I'm sure Reds fans on Twitter were probably like, oh, that's a dirty dive by CJ Abrams because he dove 
head first into a hustle double into the bag and uh, the second baseman or whatever, whoever it was uh, flipped over because Abram's momentum took him past the bag because of how dang fast he is. Um, but no, it was not a dirty dive, but the bullpen took care of it. Again, the bullpen was good today again, and that was great. It was great. To, it was a great all around win six to nothing. Padres improved to nine and five. So all good. They should have swept the reds. Like I mentioned earlier. And like I mentioned before the series, and that's exactly what happened. I love what I saw out of this team. They scored more runs. Now, can you continue that? You know, you have an off day, you know, get healthy, get rested. And then you have uh, Nick Martinez going on Friday against Julio Rios. Can you continue that offense? They've gone now, what, 14 games? Started off the season, 14 straight games without an error. Best infield in baseball, best defense in baseball. St. Louis Cardinals Twitter account can say anything they want. That That's a lie. Uh, I love what I saw. Uh, there was, I think, the first game of the series, I probably would have liked the Padres to produce a little bit more with guys in scoring position, you know, not leave too many guys on base. Uh, but again, Manny was hot, two home runs. He's the only position player that's played every game so far. He DH today to kind of give him back-to-back off days have his bat in the lineup, but not have him standing out there all day at third base. So I liked this series. You can't really say anything negative, you know, and it's great that you can send Tommy Pham back home uh, to Cincinnati with a sweep. Bye-bye. You know, it's it's great. Um, And so I guess that's a good transition to now talk about what, Everyone was talking about this morning, last night, and that was yesterday's of big event. Uh, it was really post game, but during the game, Luke Voigt slides into home to score, and Tyler Stevenson, the Reds catcher, ends up being concussed. He's on the seven day concussion list or whatever they call it. And I wish him well. I hope that you know he recovers and he has a good rest of the year. Uh, but as we see this play, and for the YouTube audience, here it is. Here's the play. It was in the bottom of the first in yesterday's game, the middle game of this three-game set that the Padres ended up sweeping the Reds. Jerks and Profar hits one down the line. Luke Voigt's on first. He tries to score from uh, first base. It was a terrible send by Mike Schultz, as you will see. And so if anyone's going to blame anyone about Voight's slide, don't blame it about Voight. Blame it on Schilt because Schilt sending him just didn't make sense. It was a bad send. Voight's slow, and he was thrown out by a mile. And I, good good for Stevenson, to be honest, for keeping, his, keeping the ball in the glove and really securing it. So without further ado, here is the play. And then I will have some additional thoughts, an additional angle that proves my point about Voight, my opinion on this Voight slide. And then I'll kind of get into a little bit more on the media, just baseball now, like making the Padres villains. And I'm frankly really, really sick and tired of it. So let's start off with this Voight slide. Profar. Lines this down towards the left field corner. Voight is headed for third, maybe beyond. Yep. Mike Schultz going to wave him around. Here comes the throw. He will be out at the plate. And what a collision there. So Voigt comes in hard and a collision with Tyler Stevenson. And Stevenson, slow to get up, somehow held on to the baseball. But, boy, you get hit full speed by Luke Voigt. You're going to feel it. And Tyler Stevenson did. That was quite a collision at the plate. All right, here's the angle again. Looks like Voigt sliding right into the bag. Tyler Stevenson did. That was quite a collision at the plate. All right, so that's the play. And I didn't really think anything of it because it was a clean slide to me. You know, first glance, replays seem like a good 
clean slide, right? No problem. You know, shouldn't have sent him. It was a terrible send. But supposedly, according to the Reds, they didn't think so. Tommy Pham said after the game that he thought it was a dirty play. And why don't you listen to the Reds announcers? They had a different viewpoint. And this was Tommy Pham, by the way, today on his Instagram before the game today, posting the video again out of nowhere, no captions or anything, uh, no text from him or any message from him, but he played the audio of the Reds announcers. And here's what the Reds announcers thought of it. Stevenson right in the face mask with his right elbow. That appeared to be a deliberate run into the guy at home plate. Really? A deliberate run into home plate? Really? Yeah, it was a deliberate slide into home plate. He was running directly to home plate. And then he slid directly into home plate. Yeah, you're right there. Uh, but to say, to imply and think that it was a direct to try to hit Stevenson and all that, that's BS. Really? You really think that? Voight, look at this angle, okay? Let's look at this angle. This angle, I think, shows it really, really well. Here's the angle from left field. Okay, this I think this is right below the right below the jumbotron, and then they zoomed all the way in, obviously. Okay, Voigt is sliding right in. You can actually make a case his left foot is going towards the way outside of home plate, the direct outside of home plate. Okay, look at where Tyler Stevenson is. He's almost outside the right-hand batter's box, and he's turning back to try to tag Voigt with his face right in the midsection of Voigt. And Voigt is going right where he's supposed to be, right down the line, right down the line, right into home plate. What is Luke Voigt supposed to do here? I'd love to know what Luke Voigt is supposed to do when he's doing his job. He knows he's going to be out but he's sliding so he doesn't hurt Stevenson even more. He's sliding directly into home plate, and Stevenson, as Voigt is, is in midair sliding, turns and puts his head right in into Voigt, right where Voigt is sliding right into the lane. What is he supposed to do? It would be like if someone's on the freeway, freeway going 65 miles an hour and some car decided – to back up or go into their lane at a straight line. What is that car supposed to do? He's going where it's supposed to be. He's in his lane. That's exactly what was happening here. So, again, I'll ask Tommy Pham. I'll ask the Reds announcers. What was Luke Voigt, was, what was he supposed to do here? Was he supposed to pull a Kevin Pillar as he's sliding in midair, somehow do the matrix or whatever and jump over Stevenson as he's already sliding in midair. I've never seen that happen before. That would be some crazy stuff if that happened. I've never seen that happen before. So please, I'd love to see a video of someone do that. He already started sliding and the throw took him off. He's, I, I, I keep saying this because it just boggles my mind how some people, like Tommy Pham, thought it was a dirty slide. It's clearly, it, it was clear that it wasn't. Just where else is he supposed to go? Okay, Dory, you bring up the point. The slide isn't bad. It's the arms that look bad. But what is what was Luke Voigt supposed to do with his arms? Like, it's it's instant reaction, right? where you're sliding in, you have your hands up, right? You have your hands up, you're sliding in, and Stevenson comes and goes like this into your stomach. Your natural reaction is to put your hands down. And he's going full speed, sliding into home plate. 
So it's not like he can gently put his hands down. It's initial reaction. You know, if I had my hands up and someone tried to punch me in the stomach, I go like this fast, right? So that might not be the gentlest hands down, right? And Stevenson helmet was right where Voigt's hands were. Like, I just don't know what else Voigt was supposed to do. I really don't know what else he was supposed to do. And I'll pull up C. Trent Rosecrans article here on The Athletic, which also didn't really make a whole lot of sense for him. And I'll get to him in a second. But I just wanted to pull it up uh, for some quotes here on what some of the Reds players said, or the Reds staff, the Reds coach. Okay, so Tommy Pham said it was dirty as F. Uh, Farmer, their infielder, said not too often you see a runner slide and grab someone's head and slam it to the ground like that. Really? Kyle Farmer, you think he slammed it to the ground? Really? That's funny. That is really funny. Let me see. Here, let's play this video again. I'm going to play this video again, especially for Kyle Farmer here. I know he's not watching, but I don't care. I'm going to play this again, and let's see. Here, let's fast forward here. When does Tyler Stevenson's head hit the ground? I'd love to know. Let's see. When does Tyler Stevenson's head hit the ground? And the Wi-Fi is not going to cooperate, probably. Hold on one second. Let me try to reload this. My school Wi-Fi sucks. All right, here we go. Here comes the throw. He will be out at the plate. And what a collision there. So, Voight. Comes in hard and a collision with Tyler Stevenson. And Stevenson, slow to get up, up. somehow held on to the baseball. But, but boy, you get hit full speed by and Luke Voigt. You're going to. Where does Stevenson's head hit the ground, Kyle Farmer? Not until he's resting there. It never hits the ground. He didn't slam his head to the ground. So these false narratives and spreading these false things that happened when they didn't happen, you can't do that. When does his head hit the ground? It never He never slams his head to the ground. Okay? So get your facts straight on that one. And then he says, I've never really seen someone's hands go to a catcher's head on a slide. Again, what was Voigt supposed to do? What was, supposed, what was he supposed to do? Tyler Stevenson himself, after the game on Twitter, said only thing that matters is he was out. So he had no problem with it, obviously. And then going to Tommy Pham, when he said, I don't like it at all. The way his hands hit him in the face, it was dirty. If Luke wants to settle it, I get down really well. Anything, Muay Thai, whatever. Like I said, I've got an owner here who will let me use his boxing facility. So F him. Really? So you're threatening a player when he made a clean slide. When he made the cleanest play that he could have done. When you look at those camera angles, you can even make the argument that when he was going down the line, he saw Stevenson come back. He even tried to go left to keep him out of that sliding lane. But, yeah, so Pham instead says it was dirty and threatening him and saying that he'll use, he'll use a guy's boxing facility if they want to settle it then. And then to say, so F him. Really? Come on, man. You can't do that. And he's and he it's not like he's even gonna get fined or anything. Like they're just letting him say this, which makes no sense to me. So you're just so I guess players can just threaten guys now all of a sudden and not have any 
any repercussions. He can be in the lineup the next day. I'm fine with that, but not finding him at all. When even teammates on his own team, obviously, are on Luke Voigt's side here and saying that there wasn't anything wrong with the slide. Luke Voigt said it ended up being a good throw. The ball took it in. I tried to go around him. Exactly. That's what the video showed. I think he went in to make sure he made the tag. I'm honestly surprised he held on to it. It was pretty impressive. It's just like, it just boggles me that Fam thought that this was okay to threaten Luke Voigt like this. And he thought it was just fine to, yep, I'm just going to say this and not face any repercussions for it. Just going to say it. I'm going to say, hey, we'll settle. You want to settle this? Muay Thai, I, we can go to this guy's boxing place that I know that he'll let me use the facility if you want to get down. F him. Really? And you wonder why people want to boo you. Okay. So talk about an enemy number one. I mean, my goodness. Uh, just, uh, just a complete... That was a douchebag move, a douchebag quote. He had nothing to do. He was in left field in this play. He was in left field in this play. And then post-game, he wants to bring attention to himself. So that's why that's why he did this. Because he's making his return to San Diego, and he wants attention to himself. He wants to bring attention to him. And he knows, saying this quote, he knows that he's not going to do it. Nothing's going to happen. But bring attention to him. His team has two wins on the season. They've lost, what, nine, ten in a row. And I just want to bring attention to myself. So I'm going to say, hey, Luke Voigt, I know Muay Thai. You want to go box? Like, come on, dude. It was dirty as F. Yeah, okay. It was dirty as F. Sliding straight into the into the running lane, straight to home plate and even trying to go left when he saw Stevenson lunge back into him. Yeah, that's dirty. Okay. Yep. Okay. And then what really, yeah, what gets to me now, and I haven't even got to this now, and we can get to it now here, is just the baseball, some media members making the Padres villains, you know, like this, and then with the power rankings that happened as well on April 18th earlier this week. It's just, just stupid comments. And so here's Andrew Baggerly. And I'll share this for the YouTube audience as well. And I'll walk you through it for the podcast audience. Here's Andrew Baggerly reacting to it as well. He says, you're allowed. This was Tyler in reply to Tyler Stevenson saying only thing that matters is he was out to, to the video. Uh, of the slide. Andrew Bagley, he's a writer that covers the Giants for the Athletic. He said, you're allowed to tweet whatever you want when a base runner hits you with the DDT and hold on to the ball. And then in parentheses, Voight also injured Brandon Crawford with a slide in San Francisco last week for what it's worth. That is a false claim. That is a false statement that he's putting out there to his 109.2 thousand followers that Luke Voigt injured Brandon Crawford with a slide in San Francisco last week. Did Brandon Crawford get hurt? Yes. Did Voigt injure Brandon Crawford? No. Those are two separate things. So to make Luke Voigt be the bad guy and say that Luke Voigt hit Tyler Stevenson with a DDT, and I had to look this up. It's some wrestling move. I'm not into wrestling, but it's some wrestling move that, that you know contains something about choking. Luke Voigt wasn't choking anyone. Tyler Stevenson's uh, head never hit the dirt, never hit the grass, like Kyle Farmer said, like Andrew Baggerly's implying here, okay? So that's another false statement as well. And to get back to Voigt saying, or to Baggerly saying that Voigt injured Brandon Crawford with a slide last week, that's not true. He was sliding directly into his sliding lane into second base last week as well. Here's this one. Voight goes. Bart's throw is in the dirt, and it's scored. 
Point goes. Bart's throw is in the dirt. And it's scored. Please, I'd love to know where Brandon Crawford, where, where Luke Voigt injured Brandon Crawford here on purpose. His left foot is sliding into second base. Where is he supposed to go? Brandon Crawford's the one that came across second base here and put his hand right by where Luke Voigt was sliding directly into second base. Like what, where are you getting this narrative, Andrew Baggerly? Seriously. And you're spreading this false narrative that Luke Voigt injured Brandon Crawford with a slide in San Francisco. He didn't injure Brandon Crawford. Did Brandon Crawford accidentally get hurt because he put his hand down into where Luke Voigt was sliding right into where he's supposed to slide? Yes. But did Luke Voigt injure Brandon Crawford? No. Those are two separate things. So there's that lie. And then here's this one that happened with power rankings. Another athletic writer. Okay. Here's another athletic writer. I think this was Zach Buchanan. He's a Diamondbacks writer. This was the power rankings that they put out. By the way, this is one of the most lazy, this is one of the laziest things that a writer can put out there. Power rankings each week to be an article. Come on. Because it's so objective. But this is what he put for the Padres power ranking that I think he had him ninth. He said, and this is in response to the Mauricio Dubon thing the bunt with a seven or a nine run lead, whatever it was last week against San Francisco. And that whole unwritten rule thing happened. I didn't like the bunt, but that's a whole different topic. But this is what he said. Will Myers wasn't happy about it post game. And he said, he kind of said something to, to the effect of we'll remember this and all that. And here's Zach Buchanan taking this shot at Will Myers, making him seem like a racist, like a bad guy saying, for a guy batting 219, Will Myers sure likes to tell young Latin American players how and when they should try to get on base. I guess Myers has a 524 OPS because he doesn't want to hurt anyone's feelings. What, what kind of writer that gets paid to do their job like this for a living writes this and gets away with it? He changed it because he knew he was wrong and that it was a totally stupid thing to put out there. But to put for... Okay, so one, he attacks the guy based on his numbers and says because he has a 524 OPS, he doesn't want to hurt anyone's feelings. So I guess he's saying he doesn't want to hurt pitchers' feelings, so he's intentionally having a 524 OPS. That's a douchey comment. And then to say, Will Myers sure likes to tell young Latin American players how and when they should get to try to get on base. So you're inferring that he has something against Latin American players. You're trying to say that Will Myers is a racist? Where? Why would you even, you're in your right mind, why would you think about doing that? That is such a stupid thing to say. That makes no sense. How does that enter a professional writer's mind, right mind? I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to imply here that Will Myers has something against young Latin American players. You think he wouldn't say that against Joey Bart if he bunted in a nine-run lead? Or if he he wouldn't have said that to even a veteran like Brandon Crawford if he did it in a nine-run lead? He would have said the same thing. And he deleted it because he knew he was wrong. But it just, it just pisses me off that these writers are just, you know, saying this stuff and implying that the Padres – are like these villains all of a sudden when they're not doing anything wrong. Luke Voigt is sliding right into his path. And Tyler Stevenson came into his path and he got concussed. I wish him well. I hope he's well. But Luke Voigt didn't do anything wrong there. He didn't do anything wrong when he was sliding right into second base, stealing second on that Brandon Crawford play that I showed earlier. You know what? who did something wrong? Was Andrew Baggerly with that comment. You know, saying that, implying that it was a WWE move that Luke Voigt did. Really? And then C. Trent Rosecrans saying that uh, that Stevenson's head hit the ground. Or Kyle Farmer said that. Like, really? Come on. And then I forget what it was, but Trent Rosecrans, who's the Reds writer, he said something as well. 
And then today in the for the lineup, he says day off for Voight. You know, question mark, you know, emoji guy. And then let's see here. Where is it? He must have deleted the tweet then. He deleted the tweet. Here, I'll find it. I, I screenshotted it on my phone, so I'm going to find it here. Hold on one second. I'm going to find this. He said something that ticked me off. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the same thing about Brandon Crawford. Last night he said, it should be noted that Luke Voigt also slid hard into Brandon Crawford last week. Crawford missed a game with a wrist injury after the slide. So pretty much the same thing as Baggerly. You know, he's implying that Voigt, you know, hurt Brandon Crawford. No, no, no. Brandon Crawford got hurt on a Luke Voigt steal when Luke Voigt was sliding directly into second base. That's what happened. So it's just, it just, it just doesn't make sense why these writers have these agendas like this and they're allowed to write this stuff. And does the athletic not have editors that looked at that power ranking and said, no, you cannot say this, that Will Myers has implying that Will Myers has something against young Latin American players. You can't imply that. You cannot say that. No, they let it through. It just doesn't make sense. It does not make sense. So from everything from the Reds announcers to Andrew Baggerly to Trent Rosecrans to Tommy Pham posting that picture uh, or the video on his Instagram and having the Reds announcers on there with the voiceover of it, of them calling it and saying that Voight meant to do that? Come on. Really? And then Tommy Pham, obviously, the cherry on top, threatening Luke Voigt and saying, I know a guy with a gym here in San Diego if you want to, you know, settle this. I know Muay Thai. I don't know Muay Thai for nothing. Pham replied to a fan on Twitter today, too. It just does not make sense. This series, yeah, I started off this series great. You know, Tommy Pham, sweep them away. Bye-bye. Go back to Cincinnati. We'll see you next week. Hopefully, we can sweep you then, too. But... That just, it pisses me off to no end that, that they allowed that to happen, that, that those things happen. You know, Rome Love Dan said, well, the Reds front office is happy about the nothing to see here controversy. This may help ticket sales for the Padres series. Uh, no, it won't. No, it won't. No, because Reds are pissed off at their owner, their president, because the owner said, and I would be pissed off too, the owner said, no. Where else are they going to go when he was asked on their home opener uh, about the team selling off its, you know, best pieces? I mean, my goodness. I hope you got something out of that rant or you enjoyed the different angles that I showed there because it just did not make sense. Really, it did not. All right, let's see. Let's go through the comments here. I know I had a long rant there. Let's see if there's any comments as I was doing that. Scott says, if any catcher blocks the plate and the throw pulls him into the catcher, the same thing is going to happen. doesn't matter if it's a Dodger catcher. The runner normally wins due to momentum. Yep. If the guy throws the ball on the money, then the catcher just has to apply the tag. Be upset at that guy. Yep. Let's see here. John Boy said it was a clean play. I agree. Hi, Mom. Yeah, great game. It was 6 nothing, sweeping the Cincinnati Reds out of town. Bye-bye. Uh, Scott says, fam just trying to talk S because they didn't bring him back. Padres got tired of him. I think they got tired of him, but... The Reds overpaid for him. My mom says, you're definitely not on Team Voight. I am. Maybe you're commenting on someone else. But I definitely am. Lawrence, what's up? He says, Tommy's just butthurt that the Padres didn't retain him. Reds are losing left and right. Yeah, they have two wins this year. Tell me about it. 
So they're bitter about everything. I've seen far worse collisions at the plate. Yep, agreed. Quan says, Ben, you didn't see Voigt's third arm smash Stevenson in the in the Rays' invisible ground. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what Reds fans make it seem like, that he has three arms and that he, like, had some sledgehammer it came down on Stevenson and Stevens, Stevenson's head came and rocked back like a UFC fighter when he gets knocked out and his eyes roll back. That's not what happened. My goodness. Gil says, 10 years ago, this is a normal play at the plate. Today, it's called deliberately slamming him to the ground, please. Yep. Things have changed. Again, he didn't even slam him to the ground. They can't even say that he slammed him to the ground because he didn't. Yeah, they almost put Alfaro on the injured list with his hit by pitch today. Um, let's see. Yeah, I put this one up earlier. Andrew Douchebaggerly. <laughs> uh, Way to, speak, way to speak the truth, Ben. Never stop revealing truth and calling out lazy writers. Thank you. I, I write, too, for Gaslamp Ball, but I'm going to tell you how I see it. I'm not trying to have a narrative or support the team I cover when I know they're wrong. Like, I'm not going to do that. Is this a Dodger fan or a pessimistic Padre fan? Dodgers will sweep the Padres. Uh, I doubt that, but if they do... I'm going to have a much different tone uh, than I did at the beginning of this episode. Are the Dodgers a better team? Yeah. You know, that they don't have their star player out, you know. Um, but, you know, the good news for the Padres is they don't have to face Walker Bueller, I don't believe, this uh, series. They have Julio Arias on Friday, don't know Saturday, and Kershaw on Sunday. And Manny has raked off Kershaw since he's come to the Padres pretty much. Um, let's see here. What do you think about the Reds? Random fact, they're the oldest franchise in the sport. What do I think of them? They suck. If Pham has a gripe, he should have played better here in San Diego the past two years. He would be the left fielder. His fault. Look in the mirror. I'm finding a profile in left field right now. I'll tell you that. Talk about a five-tool field uh, guy right now. You know, he's underrated, has speed, I think. Showed his arm today. Has power. Has four bombs this year already. The same amount that he had all of last season. Sign me up. Profar's, you know, he's he's improved in the outfield. He's had some pretty good throws relay-wise, even dating back to spring training. Brian Perez, Dodgers gonna beat beam Voigt in the head Friday. Reds are the sisters to the Dodgers, especially since Castillo will be a Dodger soon. Freeman owns the Padres. So okay, that's definitely a Dodger fan. So um I'm glad you're here. I'm glad that. Uh, you're spending time on a Padre fans YouTube show and podcast. Welcome on in. Uh, why would they beam Voight? They have nothing to do with the Reds. They're trying to win. You're just going to put a free runner on? Look what happened today. Reds put a free runner on because they wanted to beam Manny. Profar hits a bomb. It's two runs instead of one. Thank you very much. So those are my thoughts. Um Again, I know I had a long rant there. Padres sweep the Reds, win six to nothing on Wednesday, six to two on Tuesday, four to one on Monday. Aston Adams out probably six weeks. Clevenger, all signs are pointing well for him. Manaya, Musgrove, and Gore all had good starts. This starting rotation can't say enough about them. Um, and then the bullpen. I mean, on Monday night, Stephen Wilson, Taylor Rogers. Uh, Pierce Johnson pitched well. And then the bullpen yesterday, too. The bullpen today, after Gore, didn't give up a one, a run. They combined to give up one hit. Steven Wilson, one inning, no hits, no runs. Pierce Johnson, one inning, one hit, no runs. Luis Garcia, one inning, no hit, no runs. No hits, no runs. Lamette, one inning, no hits, no runs. Luis Garcia's ERA is zero right now. Uh, the bullpen today combined for six strikeouts in those four innings. Gore, seven strikeouts. His ERA is down to 174. So far in his Padre career, I believe it's 10 and a third innings, two runs. So 
I love what I saw this series about out of the Padres. I don't like what I saw uh, about out of uh, reporters, out of Tommy Pham, out of Kyle Farmer. But Tommy Pham's getting swept back to, uh, to Cincinnati. So there you go. All right. I'll probably be back with the episode tomorrow. If not, I'll be back with uh, at least a video probably. Um, I'll probably preview the Dodger series in the episode tomorrow. Thank you everyone so much. I hope that you enjoyed this episode and you can put a like on this video. If you liked it, hit the subscribe button as well. So you don't miss any content, any Padres daily content that I put out daily pregame shows before every game reaction videos after every game. Thank you so much. Ben Fadner hosts this episode, episode 152 of the talking fires podcast and YouTube show brought to you by Gaglione bros, famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries located in mission gorge, and Point Loma, those two locations outside Petco Park, and they're located inside Petco Park as well. My mom went to the game today. She uh, showed a picture, sent me a picture of her with garlic fries and a cheesesteak. Gaglinbros.com to view their entire menu, view their locations, their addresses, so you know where to go, their phone numbers. Uh, Great, great cheesesteaks and garlic fries. I can't wait to get back to San Diego to have some. They are the sponsors of this show. Go out and support them as well. Thank you so much again, everyone. Have a good night. Padres are 9-5, and five, off day tomorrow, moving into this Dodgers series. Have a good one, everyone. See ya.